welcome to the Faith Driven Investor Podcast. If you're a fund manager, investor, financial advisor, or business owner driven by your faith or want to be driven by your faith, then you're in the right place. This is a podcast brought to you by Faith Driven Investor. The best way to stay connected about new episodes and new content for Faith Driven Investors is to sign up for our monthly newsletter at faithdriveninvestor.org. This podcast doesn't exist without you, our community. Please send us any thoughts that you have about how this podcast and our site might better serve you or any questions you might have about being a faith-driven investor. All opinions expressed on this podcast, including the team and guests, are solely their opinions. Host and guests may maintain positions in the companies and securities discussed. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as specific investment advice for any individual or organization. The idea of faith at work is not intuitive. There is this general sentiment that faith is a more personal kind of outside of work activity. So putting even those two words together for a lot of people is it's striking. And so being able to have conversations openly about faith and work and what that looks like is a very unique opportunity uh, I know for me personally, it's a very unique opportunity because I grew up in a church. I grew up in a Christian context. And at church, you don't really have a lot of those conversations either. So I do think faith-based employee resource groups have this unique position to explore very practically what faith and work, not just looks like in theory, but practically in your context, what that could look like. Welcome back, everyone, to the Faith Driven Investor Podcast. Today, we're going to go someplace really special. We're going to go to a spaceship. Yeah, a spaceship. Well, not a real spaceship, but that's what they call it in Cupertino, California. It's the headquarters of Apple Computer. And we're going to speak with Christine Rico. Christine's on the international expansion team at Apple and spends most of her time today focused on bringing Apple's largest product, which is their retail stores, to life in new countries all around the world. But cooler than that, she is responsible for co-leading a volunteer team that defines and executes programs that strengthen community and growth opportunities for the Apple Christian Fellowship, one of Apple Diversity's network associations. You know, this is a part of a growing trend that's emerging in places like Facebook and Salesforce and Google and many other companies. Now, as faith-driven investors, we have an opportunity to support these movements and encourage other companies to do the same. But we need to know how. And that's what Christine Rico is going to share with us today. We're so excited. We're just going to jump in right now. Here's a story that I like to share on the road. When I go to places like Atlanta and Dallas and Indianapolis, I offer up a rhetorical question of sorts, which is, where do you think is the center for the faith and work movement in the United States right now? And invariably, the answer comes back, well, it's, you know, I don't know, Dallas, Atlanta, right? Some of the places they are. And I say, I would humbly submit to you that actually the Center for the Faith and Work Movement in the United States is in Silicon Valley. And it surely has not always been that way. But over the course of the last 12 months, there are new or emergent or resurgent, as in the case of Apple Christian Fellowship, faith-based employee resource groups where Christ followers are getting together in community, praying mm -hmm. for each other praying for the companies they work at and that there's an incredible movement of God going on in some of the most popular technology companies in the world. And that's something that's super powerful. And when we look at it a little bit over the last 12 to 18 months, and we hear about Apple Christian Fellowship and what's going on at Google and at Facebook and Uber and at Salesforce, and gosh, did we hear that they're doing praise and worship music in Dropbox mm -hmm. or 
do some amazing stuff. When I, we look into it, we come back and there are a number of different players in the space because I'm about to say something that's going to make you uncomfortable, but as a means of introducing our guests today. When you come back and you look at the center of it, there is this really humble woman who is in the Apple store division at Apple that is encouraging a lot of this, not only at her company at Apple, but looking to encourage it in other companies in Silicon Valley and beyond. And that woman, as you might imagine, is Christine Rico, today's guest on the Faith Driven Investor Podcast. Hi, Henry. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're honored to have you here. This has been something, again, that we've been looking forward to for a while. We were talking about this event that you put on just very recently. And I'm eager to hear about it because, you know, as investors, we put our money into different companies and we're supporting what their product is and what their service is. And there's some companies that are actually getting really serious about loving on their employees in a more holistic way at some of the companies that maybe you wouldn't expect. And there's a movement afoot and you're right in the movement. You had this event. Walk us through that. Give us a little bit of context, some framework. What was this event you did? Why'd you do it? What do you see going on here? Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. And I'd love to tell you more about this event, which was on June 1st. It was called the Work and Faith Workshop. And it was put on by a group of friends who work in different companies here in Silicon Valley who love Jesus and are intentional in living out their faith in all areas of their life, including at work. And we are a part of the formal faith-based employee resource groups in our companies And we've been getting a lot of feedback from other employees that work at other companies that don't have a formal faith-based employee resource group yet. And there's a lot of interest from other employees around, you know, what these are, how do they work, how do you get them to form, so on and so forth. And while it's been great having these one-on-one conversations with different employees at other companies, God had just put on my heart to put on an event and let's share the stories, share these best practices and encourage intentional community for folks who are passionate about launching a formal faith-based ERG in their company. One thing that really blew my mind actually was for many of the experienced faith-based employee resource groups, this had leaders that were there. This was the first time that they had publicly shared their story. Mm. For the Intuit Christian Action Network, The VP who was the strong advocate for establishing it in 2009 was one of the speakers and the head of inclusion and diversity who was responsible for establishing all of the ERGs at Intuit at that time was also one of the speakers. And they were thrilled when I invited them because they had not had a chance to publicly share their story in a forum like that before. Okay, so what what is the ERG? Great question. So an employee resource group is a formal employee-led affinity group within a company that's typically housed within the HR organization of a company, and that's intended to build community and support talent development, talent retention, and ultimately positively impact the business. And these employee resource groups can span in supporting different areas of identity 
there are a lot of Fortune 500 companies have typically a women employee resource group to support kind of the progression of women in leadership and community building in that area. There are cultural-based employee resource groups. A lot of companies have a veterans employee resource group, et cetera. And increasingly, there are more faith-based employee resource groups that are forming as well. Rusty, that's a background You've been on a number of these faith-driven investor podcasts, in addition, of course, the work that we've been doing for a long time on FDE. You've got some background and some experience with the RGs. Yeah, it's not as unusual as maybe some people would think, right? As Christine just said, they've been around for a long time. What is unusual, I think, is companies that have looked as broadly as faith to create an employee resource group and to be open to that. And, you know, what my experience has been, that happens. And most of those ERGs actually start because someone is passionate about it. Mm -hmm. Someone says, hey, you know, we think we should have a group, a voice, an opportunity to meet, and they go forward and they get supported by the company. And without someone who is passionate about it, and I'm interested to see, Christine, what you think uh, about this, is like without somebody who's passionate for it, it's just not going to naturally happen, mm. right? It's not like the HR person is going to go out one day and go, okay, let's have a faith-based employee resource group. Who wants to do it? Yeah. It takes someone stepping forward. And, you know, it might be interesting, Christine, for you to take us through the history of apples. I know it existed long before you got there, but take us through that history and then Talk about how you and others have taken it and pushed it forward. Yeah, absolutely. I would add as well, just looking at like public facing websites, for example, there are a little over 100 Fortune 500 companies based in California. I just took a look at public facing inclusion diversity sites recently Mm -hmm. as part of this event that we were hosting and could only find seven out of those 118 or so. Fortune 500 companies based in California that mention a faith-based employee resource group within their company. Just to kind of share how nascent this trend seems to be. And yeah, it's picking up, right? Because Apple's been going on for a while. Talk to us through that, but there's some new ones, right? There's some momentum. Yes, there is. So from an Apple perspective, Apple's had employee resource groups for about 30 years. We're one of the older companies here. And you'll see on our website, even today, we briefly mention we have groups such as the Accessibility at Apple Group, Amigos at Apple Group, Pride at Apple, Women at Apple, and then a range of faith-based groups. And 25,000 employees worldwide are involved in one of these diversity groups in one way, shape, or form. From an Apple Christian Fellowship perspective, there had been an iteration of the formal Apple Christian Employee Resource Group as early as the 90s. However, in the later 90s, when the bubble burst here in Silicon Valley, there was just a lot of change within the company. And a lot of the leaders of the Apple Christian Fellowship organization at that time transitioned to different places. And so there was an effort in the early 2000s, actually after 9-11, when some passionate Christians who were at Apple at that time got this aha moment again and became interested in restarting the Apple Christian Fellowship. And so the current iteration of ACF has been in existence as early as yeah in, in the early 2000s and has continued to grow since then. Why do you, why do you think it works? <laughs> um, 
Because of its fearless leader, no doubt. (laughs) I think that like with all employee resource groups, they are employee led. And so it takes passionate people to continue to drive the programs and be proactive in building community and in creating opportunities for connection. And ultimately, it works because of company leadership support as well. I will say I feel very, very grateful and privileged to work for a company like Apple that supports faith-based employer resource groups. Again, knowing how few there are that are known and and visible today for a company of our size and scale. It's just, it's a true blessing to work for a company that supports me in bringing my full self to work. And that starts from the very top. And so I think it requires, again, true leadership commitment to the values of creating an inclusive culture. And then at the same time, passionate employees who are going to be intentional in living that out. So what does it look like? What do you all do? Do you have speakers? Do you get together and pray? What, what, <laughs> how does it work? And also, yeah, you know, yeah. and I can speak kind of generally as well, because the other trend here in Silicon Valley is the fact that there's been a growth of faith and work related events outside of work. So faithandworkmovement.org is an organization that's been in the Bay Area since 2014, 2015, and during that time frame started to host quarterly events at local churches or other local venues to bring together people of faith from these different companies just to get to know each other. And so I've been involved in that community as well since the early stages and through there have become friends with the leaders of the Christian employee resource group leaders at the other companies, whether that's Google or Facebook and Salesforce. And so I think a common trend that you'll see across these different companies is, again, the intentional ongoing recurring opportunities for community, whether that's through weekly small groups that meet locally in person in different parts of campus or like a monthly virtual conference call that connects Christians from different sites worldwide that people host. Or for others, it could be like weekly devotionals that are written by members for members that are shared to a global distribution, again, to allow people to feel connected and share stories of faith in the workplace. There are also events that are hosted it could range from external speakers like Gary Haugen, for example, who's the CEO of the International Justice Mission, I know has spoken at a number of the different tech companies here in the past, sharing about the great work that the International Justice Mission does. We also would host larger internal events, perhaps you know, featuring senior leaders or leaders from different levels of the company who will talk openly about what faith, work, and leadership looks like for them. And I think for employees at different levels of the company, hearing senior leaders talk about the importance of faith in their work and in their life is very inspiring and eye-opening in a culture that generally, you know, the idea of faith at work is not intuitive. There is this general sentiment that faith is a more personal kind of outside of work activity. So putting even those two words together for a lot of people is it's striking. And so being able to have conversations openly about faith and work and what that looks like is a very unique opportunity 
Uh, I know for me personally, it's a very unique opportunity because I grew up in a church. I grew up in a Christian context. And at church, you don't really have a lot of those conversations either. So I do think faith-based employee resource groups have this unique position to explore very practically what faith and work not just looks like in theory, but practically in your context, what that could look like. So are there guidelines that the Human Resources Department gives you about what you can do and what you can't do about, I, I don't know, mass baptism in the fountain in the, in the <laughs> corporate campus? Or are there different things that they've given you guidelines that are against the law or against Apple policy? Or what does that look like? Because I think that there's some amount of our listeners that are still in some level of shock that, you know, huh. Fortune 500 in technology in a place that's not thought of as being very friendly to the gospel is having this senior leaders coming in, talking openly about faith, praying about the business and for each other and thinking, well, surely there's got to be some sort of guardrails. Are there? Every company will have its own set of inclusion and diversity goals and policies. So to be a formal employer resource group, yes, there are certain policies and guidelines that you would adhere to. I think a great story which was shared at the Work and Faith workshop that I hosted was that of Intuit. And they had formalized the Intuit Christian Action Network in the late 2000s, so 2009. And so one of the best practices that they had shared as part of the workshop was when they were starting the conversation with HR, they very clearly laid out what the Intuit Christian Action Network is and what it is not. And they shared this visual. So what it is, is a voluntary open to all who have an interest in Christianity. And it would be open to all Christian employees of all denominations who want to explore how Christian behaviors and beliefs can effectively show up at work. And what it is, is a group of caring individuals who are available to provide support for fellow employees. And what it is not, in their approach, it's not church at work. I think that's an important idea to explore. So to your point, are we having baptisms or whatnot? Um, Not to my knowledge, but that's also not the goal per se. We're not a replacement for church. You know, faith-based employee resource groups ultimately are here, in my opinion, to positively impact the company and to positively impact the culture of the company. And for me as a Christian, that's important because I do believe that business matters to God. So I have, because of my Christian faith, a personal incentive to positively impact my company because I do believe it matters. And so, you know, I just share that as an example for the Intuit Christian Action Network. This approach of clearly laying out what it is and what it's not was very important to them in their context. That's very smart. It's not lost on me that the Intuit Christian Action Network also stands for I can, which is really really great. Um, So what advice would you give? I mean, you just got done with your workshop, but uh, you only had so many people there, but we got lots of listeners. Um, yeah, we had about 70 people there. We have identified their leaders from at least 20 different organizations with potential to start faith-based employee resource groups, and we're going to continue to follow up with them. And we've shared all of the resources and the toolkits, the faith and law considerations with everybody, and it's available on our website as well. And so there are conversations about how to take this forward to other cities. This was very much Silicon Valley specific at this stage, and a lot of this was spread through word of mouth but we are exploring the potential to bring this to other cities with interest in this topic. 
and I'm sharing a bit more about the workshop in a national Christian employee resource group network that I'm a part of, as well as at the Global Workplace Forum in Manila that I'll be participating in later this month. Advice that I would give to anybody listening with interest, perhaps you are at a company and you feel like you're alone. You know, the first part of the toolkit that we shared was prayer. (laughs) And the intentionally, you know, pray that God might connect you with another Christian in your workplace. And together you can begin to cast vision for what it might look like to build community in your workplace. Because each company is going to have a different flavor. You know, I think it's not a one size fits all answer. And so I think for anyone listening out there who is working in a company and doesn't have a formal employee resource group structure yet, I would say, yeah, let's start with prayer and also feel free to reach out to using like the workandfaithworkshop.com network or the faithandworkmovement.org network. And through these networks, we'd be happy to help, you know, see if there are any connections we can help you make within your company. I want to go ahead and before we close out, I want to ask you another question and it's your interest in entrepreneurship and promoting it in your home country of the Philippines. So I know that you're running a program there. Share with us about what that looks like. What are you doing? (laughs) I am excited to be back in the Philippines and God has really captivated me with a vision that's found in Proverbs 11.10. And in that verse, it says, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. And what excites me is that vision of what does it look like for the righteous, including those in business, to prosper in such a way that does not just make themselves rejoice, but makes the city and all of those around them rejoice. Uh, What does it look like to set right things that are broken in our community and allow for flourishing? And so it's that vision that has inspired this idea for a dream bigger Manila pitch competition that will be targeted for students ages 12 through 22. So uh, high school through college age Filipino students And they will be asked to imagine that they have access to the ultimate venture capitalist. And they're asked to dream big and pitch a for-profit idea that would radically transform their city in their lifetime. Mm. The idea here is not yet that it would be entirely viable or feasible, but just to generate these dreams and these ideas, and then give them an audience of business and tech leaders from the U.S. So myself and two other colleagues of mine will be joining as the finalist judges at the event that's going to be held on July 1st, where these students will be able to share their ideas. And we will pick first, second, and third place winners based on a set of criteria. And there will be scholarships that will be provided to these students. And then the first place teams will also receive ongoing intentional mentorship from myself and other leaders to help them continue to flesh out their idea. And I'm hoping this will be the start of a conversation around entrepreneurship for these students. And I'm partnering with local nonprofits that are already doing great work in the youth entrepreneurship space. And so I'm hoping this will be an opportunity that will bless them in their continued efforts as well. 
That's very cool. We always like to wrap up our episode with pointing back to scripture. And you just talked about what is going on with Proverbs there that has moved you, which is moves me to hear that. Any other scripture that uh, is speaking to you at this point? Many, <laughs> but I would say one that comes up a lot in the area of faith and work. And I like to point people to this is Ephesians 2.10. Uh, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And it's this reminder of who God is, who he says I am, and why I do what I do. And I think it's important to keep that top of mind, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing. That's awesome. It is. Christine, you're making a difference. Yeah, in a big way. Great inspiration and encouragement and the fearlessness with which you pursue the employee resource group at Apple, and then encouraging others out here to do the same leaves us all thinking, all the listeners of this, about what can we do in our workplace? Mm. Um, And then also, what can we do overseas? Where might we be called to be able to promote the concept of faith in the marketplace, faith in entrepreneurship in, in other countries too? So thank you for encouraging and inspiring me and Rusty and our listeners. And may God bless you in this big event you've got going on in Manila soon. Thank you so much. So that was fun, huh? It was. You know, she's an amazing leader who has unbelievable courage. And she's a real pioneer. I mean, she talked a little bit about how this is nascent, and it is. I mean, that's sort of a staggering fact, right? When you look at the Fortune 1,000 or 250 that she looked at and see the small number that have employee resource groups, and then probably within that, there's a smaller group that have faith-based employee resource groups. So so it is early days. But I love the reference that you made about what faith-driven investors can do. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really great because I think we use our investment dollars as our voice in lots of other areas, right? I mean, we have plenty of activist shareholders who are out there about sustainability, you know, um, social justice, diversity, all that. But why wouldn't we use our voice for faith. So I thought that was a great thing to put out there. But I would also say that we have people who are listening in who might be entrepreneurs or people inside of other companies that, you know, you can make a difference too. I mean, you can take what Christine is talking about and the resources that she described and the ones that we'll post up on the website and step forward, you know, and be a part of the movement. And it can be modest to begin with. Um, I mean, we know these things. We know that this is how things multiply. But I'm reminded that investors are always trying to evaluate the assets of a company. Yeah. Right? Always. Yeah. Yeah. So we look at capital assets and we look at brand assets and we look at all these different assets and we try to do that. And then we look at human capital yeah. and we say, well, what are the human capital assets and how well are they managed and what's the culture of the company? Well, if we peel back the onion one more layer and there's a faith-based employee resource group in there, yeah. that should give us more confidence that that culture, that company, those human assets um, are valued. Are valued. Are valued in a way that's broader. And invested in. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So I think there's a lot of good lessons in this. And I hope we get to talk to Christine more because it's people like her who are going to be leading this movement for a long time. Yeah. I agree completely. I love the fact that she's a young woman who she hasn't gotten a memo that you shouldn't be talking about faith and work and you shouldn't be (laughs) then taking what you've learned at Apple and then sharing it with other people and encouraging more. Yeah. And so there's kind of a fearlessness about her and a courage 
that is born of why wouldn't we do this? Why doesn't this make sense? And every step along the way where you'd expect there'd be pushback where human resources say, no, I'm sorry, this is against policy. It's not against policy. Right. Or no, this is against the law. You can't do this in a publicly traded company. Well, that's not happening. Right. And it takes a courageous young woman that hasn't been indoctrinated with 30 years of corporate bureaucracy to make her think that she can't imagine and she does it and she executes on it. And she'll tell you, if you hear her in different areas, she'll be the first person to tell you she's not in senior level management. She works in the store division and helps launch the store, I think in Mexico City and other places like that. But she just is just out there, just holding up her hand and saying, I'd love to do this. And nobody's saying you can't do it because you can't. Yeah. And let's, you know, not make light of the fact that it doesn't always work. Right. Right. It comes with persecution. Whenever we stand up for our faith in any place, there there are other forces obviously working against that. And so we read examples of people when they do stand up for their faith and and they get either admonished or pushed down. Counted as pure joy. Yes. And that's okay. That's okay. That's the way it's supposed to be. But we also should be encouraged by the examples that we heard today that you can step forward. And specifically when it's a group. Yeah. Right. When you have a passionate leader like Christine and then a group of people who step forward and say, look, this is what I want to do. I want to participate in the forums that you've created for me. And this is just my expression of it. There'll be a place for that. So I, it was really great. It was. Really it, was. Great. it was. Thank you all for tuning in. Always awesome to have you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. We're very, very grateful for the opportunity to serve the larger faith driven investor community. Hey, the best way for you to stay connected is to sign up for our monthly newsletter at faithdriveninvestor.org. And while you're there, we of course want to hear from you. We derive great joy from interacting with many of you, and it's been very rewarding to see people join the discussion now from all around the world. But it's also very important to us that you feel like this is your show and that you'll help make it something that best equips you on your journey, one that you're proud of and one that you'll share with others. This podcast, it wouldn't be possible without the help from many of our friends, executive producer, Justin Foreman, program director, Johnny Wills, music by Carl Kegwell. You can see and hear more of his work at summerdregs.com and audio and editing by Richard Barley of Cornerstone Church in San Francisco. Mm-hmm.